Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I'm Dr. Pat, everybody. I'm so excited to do this, Benny. Benny, I'm so excited to do this show. Well, that's good. We want that. Look at this lineup, right? Mm -hmm. I spent the last hour talking to Kate about goddesses, goddesses that most people don't know. Now, now get ready for this. This is going to be like the funnest thing. You know, so I read the books, I get ready. (laughs) And then something happens in my behavior, like read the book, got the book, looked it over the weekend read the book, excited, excited, excited to talk to Heather, Heather Greed, right? Freelance writer, journalist, editor, right? Just, this is the funnest thing. I can't believe it. But this is how this works, right? So I'm watching it. What movie do you think, like I have a little movie time. We worked yesterday all day. I went home and I decided to watch a little movie, a little something fantasy. And of all the movies out of, oh, out of, out of all the movies that I have, I'm just like, this is like going crazy with my speaker thing. I'm going to have to go to break. But out of all the movies that I've, I've watched, what, what do you think the movie was that I, I watched last night? I've seen it a million times. It's like called The Craft. It's like the original The Craft, like back, like The Craft, like go back. And, you know, the first one that was done, not the remake. But what is our fashion fascination? Why was I so enthralled with watching Stevie Nicks' latest concert tour and what she did and how she talked about it? But to be honest with you, I don't have to be that fascinated because we have somebody that is so amazing and I got to hold it up, right? Lights, camera, witchcraft. Right. This is a critical history of witches in American film and television. Hello. Thank you for writing this book, Heather Green. It's so great to have you, Heather. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be here. I love talking about this topic. I love talking about it. And, you know, I haven't had a book that I could reference because I just talk about it. Right. But I don't have your history. Can I ask you a question? I'm always amazed at what calls people to bring forth an incredible body of work like this. And I got to tell you, it's exhaust. It, it's an exhaustive body of work, meaning I don't think you left anything out. But like, what happened? Did somebody tap you on the shoulder? Was this like, oh, my gosh, this is like my passion. I'm just going to do it. Tell me. Well, or did the Times really say, not, not like the New York Times, but the time we live in, was that a driving force? Tell me. Um, I think you hit on a few topics there. Um, Basically, the story goes is that I was studying the occult as it was, tarot, astrology, love that, you know, college, grad school. And I was also a film uh, student. So I was in film school, um, planning to be a director, a producer, all those good things. So I was in film school for bachelor's and master's. And and then I also noticed that there was a time there was, they were, these movies were popular. So my studies were already studying things about um representation of different characters princesses and stuff i was doing work like that and i said wait a minute there's something here um so the two interests merge so it's also a passion as you as you pointed out yeah i love this magic is creating what you dream don't ever stop dreaming i love that like opening the book like you had me right there and you know yet at some point magic became a dirty word in history right um it's time to bring the magic back, isn't it? 
absolutely. And it's happening all over. You mean you can see it, there, there's been other periods of time where um, in, in our history where magic and folk magic and spirituality have become really important. And it's usually during times of, you know, struggle or change, you know, like uh, 1900s, spiritualism was really big, 60s. We saw a growth of, of new magic, progressive religions then too, and now we're seeing it again. And I think that's exactly right. It's we got to bring the magic back or, or find it in ourselves. Um, and, and that's really key. Uh, I think that that last part is key is, is kind of finding it in yourself because everybody has a little magic in them, don't they? <laughs> uh, they do. I want to ask you this question, and I know this is a tough question, but... Um, there have been people I know, or there have been situations that I'm aware of, you know, in the experience of, of witches and witchcraft that have influenced my life at different points in time at a very young age, like really super young, right? Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, for you, what was the influence for you? You know, was it something that showed up in your life's journey? Or, or is it the overall fascination? Because you did a just absolutely phenomenal job in this book. Um, I think it, it showed up in my life. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I grew up secular. I'm not really ashamed to talk about any of this, although people are very private about their experiences. Um, and um, so I grew up mostly um, secular with some, like I say, I, I grew up Jewish and um and uh, was just really fascinated and sort of felt a calling to the occult or to aspects of the occult, different ones. And so they kind of was, it was part of me finding my own magic, as we said. Um, so yeah, it was that as well. So it's a combination. So this was my passion for media and film, particularly, especially old movies. I love old movies. And as well as my interest in the occult and the blending of the two, which makes the book that much different, because I can see that stuff. I can see what people are really practicing uh, as it's found in film. Whereas if you have never practiced or don't know, aren't very familiar with the occult for as an insider, you would not necessarily see those things. How does film, can I ask you this, just because now you're talking like my language here, right? You, you know, I do you, how do you believe film, and I, and I don't mean just film of today, but film overall, you know, what is your experience with how film, right, Hollywood, television, whatever you want to call it, whatever that is, whatever that format is, how well do you think they have done with the topic? Um, I, that's a hard question to answer. I think if we're talking about represent positive representation of people as they exist, modern practitioners and witches and stuff like that, they really haven't done a great job. And um, there are very few films that portray witches the way they are in modern culture. There's a few more, they're getting better. And I just did a talk about that recently, but really if films were, and I always say this, I remind people, if films were actually going to portray witches the way they actually are in daily life in America in 2022, um, the film would be most likely very boring because you know, it isn't very that, it isn't an interesting, uh, it isn't as interesting as Hollywood makes witches out to be. But at the same time, we do love all those empowered witches that have Hollywood has offered us too. I mean, we don't want to get rid of the wicked witch of the West. She's bad, but she's fabulous. So it's a, it, you know, so, so there's a double edge right there. No kidding. I mean, uh, in, and let's talk about a little bit. And I, I just want to go to that since you mentioned that. What was the impact in your opinion, because you address it in the book, but I want, I want to hear people hear your words. What do you think the impact was of The Wizard of Oz? Um, the Wizard of Oz is hands down the most influential um, witch film or in terms of representation yeah. of witchcraft yeah. and witches that there are. The, the impact that, that the book, which is originally was a book or a series of books, had on Hollywood and then it for it to become what it has become it's it's a, a a triumphant film specifically the Wicked Witch of the West above all um in in terms of what I was writing about she's I mean witches didn't have green faces until she had a green face right <laughs> <laughs> that's why I ask you because we don't talk about the influence of that we talk about the influence of that from other perspective Tin Man 
But the influence of the introduction of witches and the iconic value of the way they were introduced, I found fascinating. I found it fascinating as a kid. I couldn't wait to get the green paint out. I mean, honestly, it took my mom a week to get the, my face clean, right? Because I, I, what did I grab? I, I don't know what I grabbed. I, I grabbed something that was not easily, right? It was green and I just got it. And I, I, and there, I think it was paint. And, and so it was fascinating. Of course, things like that got me sent to therapy. So I just want to just say that outright <laughs> for a moment. All right. You know, like they look at you like out of everything you could have been, you're her, really? But we relate to these archetypes, don't we? We do. And, and that's what I, I talk about that throughout the book is that yes, we have the we have these negative, what, what we might call negative representations of witches and how they were very oppressive in many ways. And, and especially um, when we're uh, talking about women's power and women's roles throughout. And I, I demonstrate that, but we love them too. And we derive a lot of how, why was the wicked witch more prominent than Glinda, the good witch? Why? You know, and you see that throughout. It's like, it's, you see these powerful witchcraft archetypes the crone and and the the vamp witch and i mention all of them and we just even if they are the evil character we know they're morally bad we still derive some kind of empowerment from watching them we just love the wicked witch of the west we love the wicked witch of the west we you watch that scene at the end and and i'm going to jump on to something else but it's all tied together In the end, I think we've shifted, and I want you to comment on this. At least I've shifted. You know, in the beginning, we maybe have wanted the witches to go away. Now, I am like, are they going to renew Discovery of Witches on television, the television series? Right, right, you, you right. Uh, are they going to do Witches of Eastwick too? Uh, is Stevie Nicks going to live forever? And the, the, did Stevie Nicks actually make American Horror Story, the Coven series? So you see, there's a new relationship. Can you describe what you think that is for us? And I don't know if I'm even correct in my assumption, but I, but I can only know that we went from scary, 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 oh, really okay, oh, kind of cool, oh, maybe revered. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're onto something. Um, you know, back when, when I started the book or, or as the book begins, witches were generally in American culture thought of as, as fantasy. There was some legacy of them being evil as well. And when they were used, they were sort of uh, back and forth between either something not to be something evil, something not to be. And you see that in horror movies later. Um, but now since, since the nineties, since the craft, which you already mentioned, it, we've had a shift. We definitely have a social shift in our relationship with it, and and our and our cultures working out what witchcraft is. Is it could be good and bad, which we're really starting to see more and more of. It can it's diverse in practice. It's not just a single uh, ceremonial thing that you might have seen in a '70s movie. It's now um, there's folk magics. There's magic practiced by lots of different people, and so we're we are seeing also uh, a younger generations now um, getting involved with the occult in real life that are also uh, once again deriving power and, and empowerment from these witch movies so yeah we want her around we want to find that connection to our magic and through these characters like you're talking about discovery of witches and the new craft and on yeah. and on well let me ask you this question i want to jump to this and benny let's skip the break for a minute because it's just so much to really you know uh, heather there's so much to really talk with you and just hear your words i mean the book speaks for itself but getting your perspective on things is so really important what would you say uh, um the two things i've observed and i don't know that they're correct but what would you say has been the greatest obstacles challenges for the complete embrace because history and culture has done everything possible to demolish to just annihilate anything that has to do with any sort of revered way of looking at witches i mean we've we we burn people right we've done a whole lot of things but man 
still standing, right? Right? Right. What are the misunderstandings that I think become ch- challenges for our, our, our true nature of seeing the full spectrum of the, the blessings and the gifts that, you know, witchcraft brings forward? Um, I, I think it's legacy for the most part. Um, and, you know, our culture comes from predominantly from, well, that's not to say because worldwide, it's not just Europe, worldwide witchcraft has a legacy of negativity. I mean, we're not talking about just a hundred years of, of problems. We're talking about thousands of years um, of negative PR for, for witchcraft. And um, a, a brilliant rabbi said to me um, recently in an interview that magic and witchcraft are um, words used, they're political words. So any kinds of uh, chants or uh, rituals that someone might do that are sanctioned by whatever the, wh- whoever's in charge are going to be rituals and prayers and anything that's outside of that, anything that's not sanctioned would be labeled witchcraft. So it's really just a political word for, for actions that we do that are, that are sacred. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was pretty brilliant. And, and so it's this legacy that it's something bad, that it's something evil that haunts, it's bad PR. I mean, it's just been thousands of years of bad PR that we can't fully shake off. And that leads me to my next question, because there is a view of what a witch is and what a witch isn't. And what I find lately, especially staying, I want to stay in the theme of your book. You know, what I'm finding lately, if I look at lights, camera, witchcraft in the history of witches in America, film and television, I, I, I'm really fascinated by the evolution. Let me give you an example. Um, I made a reference to um, Angelina Jolie's character, Maleficent, as a witch. And like, they were like, no, that she's not. I said, well, what is she? Okay, I, is she? I mean, it was like a twenty-minute debate, and I just like said, I just like let go of it because that's the way I saw her. But are we confused about these about typecasting, and are we confused about this, or is Hollywood and everyone else evolving? More specifically, I loved, and she probably is not going to come back to do another movie. I love the evolution of Kate Beckinsale and the whole Underwood thing, especially the last one where she becomes a witch, right? Mm-hmm. So where is the evolution of this going? And is Hollywood tapping into the people or vice versa? You see what I'm asking? Right, right. And it's it's both, actually. Okay. Um, for example, with the Disney, um, <laughs> the Disney example, is she a witch or not? Um, she's technically a bad fairy. Um, that's how she was written, right? Right. However, if you look at the cartoon and you look at Disney's Disney's um, the way Disney uh, defines which the, their evil witch, she's right alongside. There was no accident. She's supposed to be that figure, even if she's not exactly um, defined by the fairy tale as that. And then later in the more recent movies, she's not. Ex- she's still called a bad fairy. That's the concept. But they are absolutely using the archetype of the witch to define her because any. Uh, evil um she's an evil magical figure uh, and a a woman so they're using an archetype to create this to define the bad fairy didn't have mm-hmm. to be that way but yeah she fits I mean, the bill <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it as the bad fairy but now that you mentioned that i could see it you know uh and in yeah i'm not changing my mind about like the you know like the vampire i'm not selena is in in my opinion selena has become a witch that's all i want to say she's like a vampire witch thing Mm -hmm. but what what are some of the the films that have influenced you most um well, uh, I, you know, I always say The Wizard of Oz is definitely my favorite film. And I think I talk about that right at the beginning yeah, of the book, um, mainly because I, you know, just the Wicked Witch character and, and the whole the whole story. And, and I love musicals, so we, we have to add that piece in. Um, uh, I, I, the Craft was a big one. You mentioned, of course, for so many people in the 90s, that was a pivotal, magical film. Oh, my God. Um, I think Bewitched is another, another important one. Um, I... I don't know that personally was influential to me, but I remember watching it and, and uh, really loving um, 
just the the thought of thinking, you know, I could wiggle my nose and make something happen. You know, <laughs> there's all these these pieces, but um, it's hard to say. Uh, thinking back, I think there's, you know, you ask a film historian what their favorite film is, and it's like oh. impossible to answer. <laughs> It I is. can name probably 10 if you give me a few minutes. <laughs> well, but I love what's interesting is, and I and let's talk about the role, the difference between male and female characters, especially because, I mean, we have to like, you know, we have to look at, you know, the latest sort of kind of male role when you look at The Witcher, right? For example, you take a look at that. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, okay, like, no, like, he's not a witch. I mean, honestly, the, the conversations are really interesting about it. Well, he's not really a witch. He's like a warlock. But no, he's not. But, I, but see, we're talking about this now. Right. We're talking about this, aren't we? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't talk a lot about male witches because there are so few and far between. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like a joke prior to prior to 1960s 1970s a male witch and there are a few um bell book and Ca uh, bell book and candle and um i married a witch both have relative male relatives that are witches bewitched had a male witch in it um but they're joke characters because yes. a witch is a, a witch is a girl that's yes. just the way hollywood built itself that's the way really western culture built itself but um, and then you get the wizards and the warlocks and all these other, you know, ceremonial magicians. And I go through those in the book, the different ones. And there, there's always outliers. Like you keep talking about, is the person a wish or not? There's always going to be outliers. I mean, we could argue this about Carrie, 1976 movie. Was she, was, was she a witch? You mentioned her in here. Yeah. yeah. I do mention her because it's largely considered a witch film. Is she a witch though? She only called a witch once. You know, we could have, there are always outliers to the art but that fit the archetype just enough <laughs> that's that what i love about the conversation because for somebody like me that grew up in a very open it's really interesting when i think about growing up in a very catholic family and yet having a mom that was so open to having conversations about fantasy and things like that right um, and that really carried forward for me. I didn't really understand the persecution of witches until I got older, mm -hmm. right? It just, you know, became more interesting uh, for me. But yet, I can't remember a time when there has been more in our pop culture about witches than there is now. And, and I mean, across the board, television series, whether it's you know, a regular series, a drama series, or something like that. Why do you think that is? Or, well, or do you not agree with that? No, I do agree. Um, okay. I think that we, we had, um, and, I, and I, again, I talk about this in the book, there's been three waves that are like this. We had one in the, and this is important to your question, yeah. um, in the late 60s and into the 70s, about 10 years worth. And then about 20 years later, we saw this in the 80s. And they were different. The reasons why were different. Um, and in the 80s, particular to your question, most of the reason why was because of the satanic panic. There were very negative uh, representations of witchcraft because of that satanic panic. But, to, but starting around 2013 or so, we start to see that third wave. Another 20 years go by and we start to see another wave of this. So the, answer, the question, of course, I have to ask, and I, I speculate in the book, why? Yeah. And, and the reason why in this case is because of we, we're... Our, our, our um, culture, our society has been um, come, become destabilized. We're seeing a lot of movements now. We're seeing a lot of cultural movements, a lot of progressive movements, challenging boundaries, challenging our stories. And, and I see a lot of this is what you, I think what you're getting to here and a lot of what you said is we're getting to, um, to a point where we, we are looking back at our histories and our story and saying, wait a minute, Maybe what we were taught was wrong. Let's look at this again. Let's look at the witch from a new perspective because maybe she was right and everybody else was wrong. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that with a, not just witch movies. We see that across the board with backstories of villains and superheroes and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's been like that. It's been like that from since about 2013. We've seen a massive wave of all kinds of, of witchcraft TV shows and films. I want to ask you about this before we go to break. I'm going to ask you the question. We can talk about it when we come back. You know, in the world of pop culture, right? And I'm just going to call it that for lack of a better phrase. Let's call it whatever you want to call it. 
I was asked the other day, you know, Pat, you've talked about Stevie Nicks like 10 times in the past month. I said, well, I watched her docuseries and uh, to be honest with you, her journey and how she is known in the world is just fascinating to me. You know, she's a great musician. There's no question about it. I mean, her special on television were some of the songs that never made it to the album and she's going back on, she's going on tour. But she dresses and looks and was called in to play a key role in the Coven, uh, in uh, American Horror Story Coven. And here we are. Is she or isn't she? When we come back, Stevie Nicks is who I'm referring to. Is she or isn't she? Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, Heather, how do we get a copy of the book and how do we find out more about you? Uh, the book is available at all major retailer or resellers on online and, and, you know, locally, and um, also at the publisher Llewellyn.com. And you can find me at my website, heathergreen.net. I got to tell you, thank you so much for putting images and pictures in the book. Um, thank you so much for putting some of the charts that you put in the book about film. I mean, I love the way you did this. It, it's so interesting and yet at the same time informative. And it really gives us a view of sort of an evolution of things, right? But the burning question when we come back, is she or isn't she? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Heather Green. Fabulous book, everybody. Look, it's gigantic. I love it. Do you crave a life that doesn't involve constant burnout, stress, and overwhelm? This is what Sacred Attunement is all about. Asher Countryman is a stress management wellness coach and the creator of Unlock Your Personal Power. Are you ready to engage in a vibrant, happy, healthy lifestyle? Start your journey now by booking a complimentary Unlock Your Power Clarity Call with Asher at sacredattunement.com. Are you looking to gain wisdom and commit to discovering your best self? What does success mean to you? With authenticity, integrity, and compassion, Mita Johnson helps guide you in working toward your unique vision of success. Mita is a spirit-based intuition lead and success coach. Work with Mita to uncover your unique life purpose. Schedule a free discovery call with Mita at personalwisdomcoachingnow.com. Do you question what an authentic life really looks like? Tune in to The Alley Effect with Allison Blythe, authentically living life your way. Every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where Allison Blythe brings you tools, resources, and actionable steps toward your very best life. Take responsibility for your own happiness. For more about Allison, visit Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Blythe, B-L-Y-T-H-E.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Introducing the Brilliant Black Man Show with Melissa Johnson. Tune in as Melissa shares the stories of successful black men across the country. This show is designed to change the narrative of how black men are portrayed in the world. The show will highlight their brilliance and how they are making a difference in their family, community, boardroom, and the world. For more information on the show, visit wildministriesllc.com.
Thank you so much. Welcome back, everybody, Dr. Paccio. I am so thrilled. Um, this is quite a body of work Heather Green has put together in Lights, Camera, Witchcraft, and it's a critical history of witches in America, film and television. And, you know, you really go on quite the journey here with Heather because you go from everything from the path of history to talking about what we really love, the Wizard of Oz. But then you go on and you get to be introduced to everything from the, oh my gosh, okay, let's talk Edgar Allan Poe if we could. But then we go through some other things in the book that talk about, you know, the satanic version of this and what we've done. Um, but when we come to the end of it and you've gone through the book, you're going to want to go back because one of the things that is in fascination for so many is what happens and what our teen population looks at. And teens have really, in my opinion, been at the forefront of this. And I don't mean like teens now, just whatever the teen generation was, they tapped into something that was so interesting and exploratory. Um, Heather, thank you for putting this body of work together. I can't even imagine how long this took you to do. I, it, <laughs> I, I don't even want to ask. Yeah, um, three or four years. <laughs> okay, let's clarify the confusion. <laughs> I know I'm going to get emails. It'd be hard to convince me that Stevie Nicks is something other than a witch. But yet, she may not fit the characterizations, right? But certainly, she's been I iconic for it. She has been. She's been very... Um, popular with the modern witchcraft community. I think she evokes a, um, a, a spirit and a, a demeanor that feels very much uh, um, aligned with a lot of the, um, the witchcraft community, some of her music, some of her lyrics. Is she a witch? Uh, she's the only one that can tell us that question. And, and, I, <laughs> I, and I, I say that and I stick to it because I believe that a person's a witch if they say they're a witch. So I'm not going to answer for her. <laughs> no, exactly. And, you know, I love the fascination and the fantasy of that. And so do, so do the public, because mm -hmm. we are talking about a book that's called Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. And when you think about that, it would be hard to not, I, I thought for sure she'd have a cameo in a couple of the other television series, like, you know, Discovery of Witches or so forth. But let's talk about the evolution of this for a minute. I made a statement. I just wonder if my statement's true in your eyes. I made a statement that it seems like the teenage population, and not just now, but just whatever the teenage population, I'll go back 100 years if you want. But there's something about that population of young women that evolve that are looking for this is am i close to that absolutely you're okay. you're dead on and in fact that was one of the leading reasons we've had waves or parts of the waves of witchcraft movies when they've been popular and and each one ends essentially with a bunch of teen related material whether it was the 70s and it was teen horror if you think carrie or um uh satan school for girls they're all geared they're those are horror movies but they're geared at teens or about teens and really the whole 19 the reason witches went into finally finally emerged in horror in american film was because of the young generation the the uh 1960s um cultural revolution the young people who were pushing boundaries that's how witches entered into horror film in american um uh film and television and, and that's a story that I get into in the book but then again think about 1996 getting back to the craft that the witchcraft movies of the late 90s starting around 1996 on were um part of what's now called the girl power movement or third wave feminism very much so aligned with that girls could be anything and and we're specifically talking about young girls think Sabrina um charmed buffy the vampire slayer all of these kind of films this was all geared and that actually launched a long uh, decade of witch related films and also supernatural films that were geared towards teen audiences and that's like what 10 it's usually like a pre-teen 10 to about 20 so it's it's more than just we what we think of what we think of teen but... unless can we talk about yeah. buffy for a minute sure uh, buffy the vampire uh, slayer because 
I mentioned earlier this interesting evolution of uh, Kate Beckinsale from um, Selena, everybody, right? Never going to make another movie. She comes back, she makes another movie. She comes back, she makes Awakening. And in Awakening, she literally gets transformed. I mean, everything about her hair, everything. She's still a vampire, though. <laughs> it was one of the best, if I can believe, of the 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 integration of those energies, right? The way it was handled in that particular film, right? Not just by her, but by others, other women in the film. And her evolution was so contemporary. And the reason I, I'm asking you about it is because I think now we're asking for more, mm -hmm. right? The witch of 50 years ago, that was something. And I will tell you that if you go back and you look at the original Scarlet Witch comic books, I think I even have one. But if you go back and you look at the portrayal of her, um, it's so fascinating how current back then she looks to what we want today. Is it, does that even make sense what I just said right there? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love looking at the evolution of a particular character like you're talking about and, and either within a film itself or but yes. more important how she's been portrayed from different periods of time and one of the ones I like to look at is Sabrina. Um, if you look at the original talking comic books you look at her original comic book version where she is more of a mischievous Marilyn Monroe figure. Um, uh, you know very sexualized very um, very kind of uh tr trickster nature and then she goes into cbs sunday morning cartoons and comes she's then girl next door similar looks similar but obviously she's she's a lot uh friendlier doesn't do the trickster stuff and then of course we see her in the 90s in the girl power movement she's uh you know one of the most popular witch film a uh, witch television shows of all time sabrina the teenage witch from the 1990s and she's the girl next door now yeah. totally just the regular teenage teenager you would find in your neighborhood down the street at your high school and then of course the most recent one is very current where she's pushing boundaries they're changing the the meaning of witchcraft and that's what you keep to we're looking for more well wait a minute give us more yeah. like you're talking about and here's this she's now a feminist um she's a revolutionary they're challenging our understanding of religion of spirituality of of who's a witch of magic of everything what's good and what's bad really push the boundaries with the most recent sabrina which you would never have expected in the in the old comic book sabrina the evolutions happen and we are asking for more we want better definitions and more more in-depth look at what this means um when you think about this, I'm going to ask you to step out on, on the ledge for a little bit with me. Um, if we are looking at evolution, right, and what what our populations, and I don't mean just in the United States, across the board. I mean, there are some cultures that are not part of the United States that are way more open and receptive, you know, to what you and I are talking about. I think in some cases where some of them are a little bit ahead and some of them may never catch up, right? But the, the, the question that I want to ask you is, where do you see film going? If I could ask you that question. You know, if you had like a magic wand <laughs> like that, if you had like a magic wand and say, I am going to do the next blank movie and this is what I want to see in it. What might that be? And do you think Hollywood would get there? Um, that's, that's a great question. And people always ask me that. And I always joke about my crystal ball and all that stuff, <laughs> which you picked up on. <laughs> um, well, I think, I think, you know, which witchcraft in movies and magic in movies, like in that relationship has always been, um, attributed to women and women's power. So I think it's going to align with that. And I think there's a lot of challenges to gender norms and to uh, what we expect women to do or not to do or what women are and what women aren't. And so I think we're pushing the boundaries here in terms of that. And that's where witch witchcraft is going to go. And I just saw a new indie film um, that is called Hellbender, um, and it, it just was released yeah. and it is a very interesting film because take on all of this, it is horror, 
but you have almost almost entirely women in the film. And so rather than it being witchcraft being something that's revolutionary, you know, creating this dynamic between men against women or society against women, it's creating a discussion about a women's world. And so you have something very different, a relationship between a mother and a daughter. You have a lot of newness going on. It's the exploration of magic itself and the, and who the woman is and, and their relationship to each other. So I think it's going to parallel the conversations we're having about uh, women in our society and what that means. It's definitely related to that. And it's about reason, all I know. <laughs> but, the, but the reason I'm asking the question is, I and I think that this is something that happened in the Vampire Diaries and then other movies that are out now or other television series, is almost, in, almost exhaustively have women of color been eliminated from the witch conversation early on. And, and you, you know, as if they don't exist. Now, clearly the Vampire Diaries shifted that a bit you know, by their main character, you know, she being um, a woman of color and a witch. And I think we're seeing more and more of this. And, and I think for me, that's where the gap is. I mean, not all witches are white. And, in, and I don't think that's the way history has portrayed them if you go look, right? That's a gap that I'd like to see fixed. And, and it is being fixed if we look at trends in the past decade. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually uh, point this out throughout the decades of how, yeah. of how that looks. And you start to see a little bit with um, in the early, uh, the late 1980s and early 90s, a couple of characters, of course, the craft is one of the boundary breakers there. Yeah. But it really, and then you have Twitches, which was a really popular Disney one. And I talk about Twitches and, 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 um, and you know, there's pitfalls in all of these pieces and these representations. It isn't until the 19, um, until 2013 to this last, last wave that you start to see that change. You have Coven, uh, American Horror Story Coven, um, hit that on nail on the head right there up front. You also have um, Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, where you see a, a, a witch, um, a male witch, men, many male witches as well. You also have um, the new Charmed, uh, the legacy, and the new, um, I'm sorry, the new Charmed, and then the craft legacy, and the, the, new, uh, uh, the new witches um, remake. Um, that also has a hoodoo practitioner. So this is not only the represent the diversity of representation of what a witch looks like or who she is, but it's also what time of magics are practiced because it's not just the magic out of Aleister Crowley, what we would expect, ceremonial stuff, all of that that we saw in the 70s, the legacy. We're also seeing the hoodoo practitioners. We're seeing some authenticity yeah. to the practice in a different way. You know, one of the things I was most impressed by, and, you know, this is one of these series that I think you have to get on Apple TV. Um, and I got to meet the, the two leading uh, actresses from the movie, and that was the, the it's, it's called C. Mm -hmm. And Alfre Woodard plays one of the, in my opinion, she is a witch character in this movie. And, you know, it, it was fascinating to see that role she played and how powerful that was throughout the movie and, and it was it was just such a relief to just see that we can bring this conversation to the forefront and have people from different walks of life from different cultures play different things in it yes um, do, do you know what I'm saying yeah yeah and I, I just wanted to add and, and I and I mentioned this earlier is that mm -hmm. you have not only the introduction hitting the conversations like the like the original craft or American yes. horse where they're actually tackling that topic but you also have a movie like the spell which is a night is a 2020 film it's an all-black cast and it's a horror witch film with voodoo and everything in it I'm not voodoo it's hoodoo and um it's an all-black cast and it is a really a fantastic horror film just as it is and and it's a witch film which is something you wouldn't have seen 50 years ago yeah I mean, I love it. I mean, I think that, you know, and let me ask you this, because we are seeing these changes. And, you know, I just got a question for, that came in from one of our listeners. Can you, hey, Dr. Pat, can you and Heather talk more about the crossover, crossover? Everything's abbreviated now when you get a message. So I'm going to do my best. 
the crossover now that includes witches as superheroes or superheroes as witches? Are they witches or superheroes? I mean, this is a great question, right? Because we just talked about Wanda, but it's an interesting question because back when Wanda was, you know, the Scarlet Witch, she was part of the Avenger team, mm -hmm. right? So isn't that an interesting question? Because our world is so superhero-ish right now. <laughs> You're right. And, and, you know, we, we get to these boundaries again, getting back to what we talked about earlier is, is there are, there are crossovers, there are boundaries with magic and, and, and it really is a question of, of can a witch be a superhero? Why not? You know, where do, do all of the, um, you know, one might've gotten its power from, from a spider bite. Mm -hmm. Another one got its power because he's a wealthy yeah. person who can afford technology. It does, yep. you know, it's, it's very different where, where they're deriving their power mm -hmm. from. So why not a witch? She can be both. Exactly. And then that brings us to the mega blockbuster having the conversation, Hermione, Hermione Granger. I, I mean, what the heck did that book and what did that do for the world of magic? Wow. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and as you, as you know, I didn't dive into that because it's mostly a British, it's a British story, most yes, certainly. And definitely. So, and this was a, a book on American it's film, American. but you could not mention it because of the reason you just uh, said or suggested it is one of the most powerful, um, uh, movies of our time that's related to witchcraft, but I'll argue that it's not the same type of witch film because most witch films, Harry, the Harry Potter uh, series is more of a, a legacy story and a male coming of age story. It's, it's similar to more similar to Lord of the Rings than it is to the craft. Um, however, it's imaginary world just uh, well, it lit up everyone's imaginations about a world that we could have anything or that we could live like this and um, was a, an amazing cultural phenomenon in many yep. ways. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, let me just go back to America and let's kind of wrap it up on this one. I would be remiss if I did not mention America Horror Story Coven one more time. And the reason is there are many people that do not watch America Horror Story for a lot of reasons, but that, that the one they did about Coven, a lot of people watched it and watched it in fascination. Um, what is your take on it? I know it's in your book. I mean, you, you talk about it a little bit, you know, fantasy to horror, I think you call it teen witchcraft, but every episode held your attention was fascinating to me to watch yeah i think i think what's interesting about the american horror story uh, shows just generally speaking is that they were able to capture horror um in a way that television hadn't before mm -hmm. um they it really made you feel like you were watching a horror movie and that's why it was so gripping um and horror story coven is one of the first to really grapple with our history in terms of witchcraft, both New Orleans, Salem, and really just hit uh, some of the uh, racist politics on the head, as well as teens grappling with um, relationships with each other, with authority figures, all wrapped into this package of history and reality, because horror only works when you feel it doesn't work well unless you feel like it's something you can encounter in your life. You know, it's got to be real on some level. So Horror Story did all of those things right. And right at the time when witches were becoming popular. So it really hit so many important pieces on the head at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. And Gabby Sideray, Gabby, uh, I mean, I mean, the role that she played in that was just so prominent, so right on, it was just perfect. Mm -hmm. And again, what we're talking about is the changing representation of bringing black witches into the conversation. Um, but you, again, I'm sure, I don't know if you are, maybe you're going to do another book that really just steps out of uh, American, uh, uh, um, lights, camera, witchcraft, maybe it's going to be a critical history of witches from every place else. <laughs> I mean, certainly there are many. 
um, again, tell people, Heather, thank you so much. Tell people how they can get a copy of the book and also how they can find out more about you. Um, you can get a copy of the book at, at any of the major resellers online, uh, local stores, um, from my publisher, Llewellyn.com, of course. Um, and also, um, you can find me at, um, my website is heathergreen.net. And also, um, I'm on Twitter a lot. So you can find me on Twitter also, mm -hmm. Miracelina01. <laughs> Uh, and in the minutes we have left, what I want to do here from you is to talk about the things I didn't ask you about, because there is so much in this book, you know, everything that we talk about from Halloween, maybe not even happening, you know, to so many other things. What have I left out today that we want to make sure we cover with people? Um, well, I, I, I think that there's a, I think witchcraft, um, which shows up in this book, uh, one of the defining features is how integrated and how part of our lives, how integrated into our culture and our lives, um, whether you practice or don't like it or whatever, it's, it, 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 it sparks the imagination, it reflects things we're doing. And really the story in my book is the story, what I like to say is the story of the American woman. It's a social history that kind of looks at our politics and, and everything that's going on over the last 120 years. And yeah. so um, it's something for everybody and it's a ton of fun. And what I love to yes. say to people is that when you're reading the book, um, it's not a dry history. Make sure you watch the movies along the way stop, watch a few movies, read a little more, watch the movie. Cause it's, it's way more fun. And, and, you know, our pop culture, especially films really says a lot about us our, uh, mm -hmm. as a, as a society. Mm -hmm. It really does. And, you know, I love that idea because there were some, some films in here that you mentioned that are older, but it's fascinating to go back and to really, you know, get your hands and you can get these older films now online and get them and watch them, right? Um, some movies, witches have become villains, some movies not, right? And I think that's been the fine dance that I've seen in the evolution, right? There's been almost this compassion so many aspects of this and then there's been humor i mean who doesn't want to see michelle pfeiffer as a witch <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixed bag we have a really complex relationship with witches and with witchcraft and and like i say at the end of the book um witches are um are revolutionary they're rebels um and, and they're, they're almost ahead of our time and they always will be. So you never know where she's going to be next. Getting back to your other question. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Again, let's have your website. And I'd like to know your personal message. I would love to know what you'd like to leave us with here today. My website is heathergreen.net uh, and my personal magic, uh, my, excuse me, my personal message would be let's keep it magical, everyone. <laughs> yeah, boy, let's do it. I'm going to thank everybody. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, uh, Jacob. Thank you, William and everybody out there. And again, I just want to just make sure you all know, right? It's available everywhere, right? The book. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. And it is, it's like, um, it's like Mitch Horowitz says, enthralling, comprehensive, and clarifying at so many levels, whether, you know, student, seeker, practitioner, and it, it is absolutely that. But I love now how it reminded me of so many things now to go back and either watch the movie again, you know, from a different lens now that I've read the book. Thank you so much for awakening that part in us that really is magical again. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. It's fun. Bet. Totally fun. Benny, thank you so much. Jacob, thank you. We'll see you all next time.